I never thought I'd be where I'm at today. And it just takes work. You got to love the process. Right. You know, you, you everyone wants the end result, but you got to love the process. And if you love the process and you, you every day you take one step forward, it's going to pay off down the road. Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. My name is Steve Wolpolinik. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and one of the founders of the Promethean Project. Our guests are people who have broke the chains of their limitations and found the strength of their potential. We offer their stories as inspiration and as guidance to help others navigate their quest to find their flame. Welcome to episode 46 of the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. As always, I am Steve Opolinik, your host on this endeavor to spread the word about how to break free from your chains that bind you and find your potential, find your inner flame. Our guest today is Tanner Kern. Tanner has an amazing story and it's very infectious. There's no way you can't feel motivated after hearing his story. And that's one of the reasons why we invited him onto the podcast uh, for this episode. I actually met Tanner through a mutual friend, Dan Jascott, who had Tanner on his podcast. Dan was on Tanner's podcast, the Tanner Kern podcast. I was then introduced to Tanner and I was on Tanner's podcast. And now he's coming on uh, to Break the Chains, Find Your Flame. And is it? it isn't just out of convenience of knowing people, his story really resonates with me, someone who struggled with being uh, a little heavier in my life and had to go through the journey of losing weight and finding my own potential. Tanner's story embodies all of that, and you'll hear about it in the podcast, but just a little highlight is that he used to be 300 plus pounds and is now down to 200 pounds. He used to be alignment on a football team he went to college for that and now he's running marathons so a lot of things have transpired in his life and you'll hear about them here he is actually in the process of gearing up for a hundred mile treadmill run that's coming up in the the next month and hopes to raise some funds for suicide awareness and suicide prevention so i'm going to put all that information how you can get a hold of him how you can listen to the tanner Kern podcast how you can read his blogs, but then also how you can donate to his cause, the 100-mile treadmill run that's coming up for suicide prevention and suicide awareness. So, without further ado, here's Tanner. In a world where humanity's potential is imprisoned and locked away, our only hope is to break the chains and find our flame. That is your hat, though, right? Yeah, it's the the TK hat. So, 
you got to support the brand as much as you can. I love that, man. Yeah, I, I know you're under underplaying it, but I do I do get the Tom Brady vibe from it. You know, his own own brand as well. So very cool. Yeah, um, I mean, hey, if, if it's uh, anything like Tom Brady, I'm happy. If anyone thinks that, <laughs> there we go, man. Uh, so welcome to the podcast, Tanner. Uh, so excited to have you on. Uh, we met through Dan Jascott, which I was a guest on his podcast. He was a guest on yours. You were a guest on his, and then I was a guest on your podcast, which we'll talk about a little bit further in, in the interview and in, in the podcast. But um, can you just introduce yourself to our listeners and, and kind of talk about who you are, what you're doing, and what your passions are, and give a little backstory maybe of uh, how you got to where you are now? Yeah. Um, so I'm from Essex, Connecticut. I'm 23 years old now. Uh, football was kind of the catalyst in my life that put me on the path to where I am today. So I was always a football player, you know, going off the Tom Brady vibes hat. Um, <laughs> so I played football my whole life. I was an offensive lineman. Uh, so, you know, if you know anything about football, it's the big guys up front, 300 pounds, 315 pounds. So I was 300 pounds since my sophomore year of high school. And, uh, you know, football was my life. I'd done it, done it for years and it was my identity. So I ended up going to Lafayette College, playing Division One football, um, which was my goal throughout my life. Uh, you know, everything I worked for was to get a Division One scholarship. I was lucky enough to get thirteen of them. Ended up choosing Lafayette. Nice, and man. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was good. You know, it, it wasn't. Didn't end up being the best decision, but you know, you look back and it put me on the path I am today. So, end up going to Lafayette, starting there as a freshman and. After my freshman year, I never appeared in a game again. I had too many concussions, you know, recurring hits to my head uh, throughout my career. I remember I got two really bad hits my freshman year, which, you know, I, it, they were, uh, they made me delirious. I, I couldn't function. You know, I'd be in the locker room throwing up before practice and all that, but you just, you wanted to play, you know, you didn't want to, you know, I was starting as a freshman and I didn't want to give up that spot. Uh, so that was kind of, the uh, the start of my end of my football career. So after my freshman year, don't appear in a football game ever again. I continued to practice. Um, I missed what would have been my sophomore year, and then right after my uh, sophomore year spring, I ended up saying I can't play football anymore. Um, so I medically retired from the sport, and then I was 340 pounds. Uh, my identity, you know, it was lost. I didn't have an identity. Now I was always a football player, and now I had to figure out something else. So. I kind of found a, a passion, weight loss and nutrition and helping people uh, become the best version of themselves after I was able to lose 140 pounds, um, got into running. And uh, yeah, the rest is the rest is kind of history. Now I'm on the uh, Tanner Kern podcast, uh, writing some blogging, just trying to help people, yeah. you know, do something that they didn't think they could ever do. Because when I was 340 pounds, I never would have imagined I'd be where I'm at today in my life. Yeah. And I, I, I want to thank you for being open and honest about that. Cause I know that lack of a identity at that age is, is really hard. You, you live a lot of your life going towards this. This is who I am. This is football is this passion for me. I'm going to do it. And then to have that ripped away due to medical issues and medically retiring at what age were you 20 when that happened or 19? Yeah. About 20, 19. Yeah. 20 or 19 is that's a, that's a tough blow for, for anyone, but especially someone who's chasing their passions. Um, there's oh, okay. so, there's so much in your story to unpack. So um, I want to, I want to hear a little bit more about when 
you did decide to kind of call it quits with that. I'm sure you were wrestling with that for some time. You know, you were still practicing, but you weren't quite there. What was the linchpin on that, that, that really got to you where you were like, I, I just can't do this. It's, it's not healthy for me. So my last practice of my football career was a Saturday in the spring um, and then by, you know, we had, we had a lift on Monday. And then after that, I was like, I, I just can't do this. Um, it was too much mentally. I was having too much anxiety, um, too much depression. I couldn't focus in school. Um, I was, you know, my relationships were getting bad with people. I was just uh, rough to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, football had contributed to that because it's, you're taking shots to your head, you're changing your brain chemicals. Um, so that was kind of the, the, it was, it, I would say it wasn't like one final, one final straw. It was kind of, you know, there were a bunch of, a bunch of moments that really got me to say, I can't do this anymore combined with what my doctors were saying at the time. And, um, it, it just wasn't healthy. And I was by the end of spring I in the spring practice, I was hitting like a, a blocking bag, like a soft bag. We weren't even in full pads. And I was, I was almost blacking out from hitting that. So I knew it was time to probably stop playing. Yeah. And so that, that kind of creates this journey of, okay, wh- what do I do now? So, you know, if you're open to it, like, can you walk us through that, that, that beginning stage? Because I'm assuming you had anxiety and, and uh, identity issues and then also depression re- related to it. When, when that decision's made, where do you go from there? Like, so the, the anxiety, depression stuff that goes back to, uh, after my freshman, so what would, would have been my freshman spring, um, I had to drop out of school because of concussions. Uh, I kind of knew what the fate would be around football. I knew it was going to end eventually, um, you know, probably subconsciously more so. But, uh, you know, there was there were a lot of changes that were happening in my life. I was gaining weight. I, you know, in the the fall of what would have been my sophomore year, I'm watching my team play on television. I was like, I was just there and now I'm sitting at home and um, you lose so much, you lose so much of your identity just from that. So go back to school, you know, I'm trying to, trying to get back into it, but I'm never really my old self. So I had already started to lose my identity before football ended. Um, So when football did eventually end, you know, for good, I was lost. I mean, I, I was 310 pounds by that time. So I did lose a little weight um, Mm -hmm. when I was playing, but there was, there was nothing in my life now that I thought, uh, you know, cause I was football for 18 years of my life. I mean, in the second grade, I told this on Dan's story, I wore a football jersey to school every single day. Like I love the sport. (laughs) I loved everything about it. So when it's done, it, it was, it was really hard. I couldn't watch football for two years. Um, And I kind of clung or, clinged on to weight loss. That was, that was kind of what saved me um, because I was trying to remove that football identity from me. And the right. best way I knew how to do that was drop all the weight that I used to have in my playing days. Um, and, you know, there was depression, there was anxiety along the way because you can't turn the television on in the fall and not see football on yeah. any channel. So I was constantly reminded of who I used to be and I was trying to run from that identity. But now looking back on it and how I am in my life now, I say, that's what made me. That's what yeah. got me where I am today. I lo- all those lessons I learned playing football. That's the reason I am where I am today. So, um, yeah, d- depression, anxiety was rough for a while, but I clung on to weight loss and, uh, I would say running eventually, but weight loss was the initial catalyst for me. Yeah. 
And I, th- I think what you're saying is really important. So I want to repeat it. It's that, you know, a lot of times we think the journey is, hey, I'm doing this. This is going to be the outcome. And this is where I'm going to go. Uh, but even in that loss of that attachment or that loss of identity, that the stuff you learn through that process still transfers over in life. And that, that's the the value. I, man, I sound like Miley Cyrus with it's the climb, you know, that song. Yeah. Uh, but it really is kind of what we're talking about is football was that 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 goal for you and you succeeded and then when that was taken away you still had those skill sets that you learned and you applied them and that's how you kind of got through uh, that really tough time for you so i mean i don't want to underlook or or undervalue that process because a lot of times we feel like anxiety or depression is too hard and it is hard at times, but really it's going through that and using the skill sets that we have is, is how you get to the other side of it too. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have skills, I would say like coping skills um, mm-hmm. when football ended, but when I, you know, kind of developed skills with therapists and stuff along the way, I look back on my football career and, you know, the discipline, the accountability, the toughness, the, the setting a schedule, um, all that stuff really helped me from the time football ended to where I am at now. Um, it was a long process getting there to where I'm comfortable with it, but everything I learned in football, I still use in my life today and I quote it repeatedly. So, yeah. Um, that's awesome, man. Uh, and I like your, your conversation about weight loss and, and latching onto that. I, I think in one of your podcasts, I think it was with Jamie, you were talking to her about, it's, it's cool that like I made room for ice cream in my, my weight loss journey. Right. I think that's like one of the quotes that you had. And I think the conversation you and Jamie had about that was really important too. I don't want to rehash that, but if anyone's wants to check that out, go check out uh, Tanner's podcast. That's a great one with it. Is it Jamie O'Fit? I think. Yeah. Jamie O'Fit, Jamie O'Hare. She was a, uh, a three-time all Patriot league basketball player at Lafayette. I mean, she's an absolute beast and she's in great shape now, but she's, she's preaching the facts about fitness and nutrition on her page. So it's a really good episode. If you want to go check that out. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I like the conversation about ice cream. Cause I think it's all about balance, right? That, that saved me. I mean, when I was losing weight, I, every night, you know, the, uh, the Ben and Jerry's pint slices mm-hmm. bars, they come three in a pack. I don't know why I got into those. I think because they were 250 calories and I knew exactly what I was eating, but it was measured with, out. It's individual sized. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Without those, I, I don't, I don't know if I would have made it. I mean, I save room in my, in my diet every day to have a pint slice. So it was a, that was one, one good time, <laughs> a good part of losing weight. Part, part of my thing is I can't really have lactose because it destroys my stomach, but I found a good cheat for that, which is frozen banana ice cream. We call it nice cream in my house. It's a vegan recipe, really just frozen banana almond butter, unsweetened cocoa. And like, sometimes I put kale in it yeah. and uh, you just blend it and it has a consistency of like a frosty from Wendy's. So it kind of hits that needs. You, you get the nice sweetness from the frozen bananas, but it's all, you know, good to go from, from there. So there's some really good vegan recipes out there for desserts. And it's amazing. Oh, sure. My cousin's actually vegan and I've learned so much about it through him. And I don't, I mean, I, I try to stick to like lean cuts of meat and stuff, but yep. the vegan really, it's really helpful. Oh yeah, sure. I, um, your cousin was on your podcast too, right? Yeah. Multiple times. He, uh, he's a, he's a big runner. So we, uh, we did the, uh, the big Canada to Connecticut run together. So I've had him on a few times. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think I was listening to to one with him on it, and he was talking about going vegan and and in that process. So this is actually a really good segue, not about veganism, but more about the running aspect, which it seems like kind of followed suit after, or maybe even during the weight loss process. So how did you get into running? Because I think there's there's a, a huge connection to where you're at now and and that process. So I got into running actually through my cousin. Um, it's, it's a little, little of a long story, but I, I love Disney. I'm a huge Disney fan. It was Mickey Mouse's birthday today. I believe I had a Facebook memory on that. Um, happy birthday, Mickey Mouse. Shout happy out. Bir- yeah. Happy birthday, Mickey Mouse. So I always wanted to run a race down at Disney world and, mm-hmm. um, more so to probably get my parents to take me on vacation down there. Yeah. Um, but I, I did the 5k in 2019. So I signed up in what would have been the summer of 2018 for it. Um, and then I actually got a concussion at work. So oh, I was, I, you know, I'm not playing. It's my first, one of my first summers, not working out with the football team down in Pennsylvania. So I'm working, um, at a summer camp, a tent comes in like a, the back of a tent pole comes into my head. Um, and I get a concussion there. So I'm pretty much bedridden the whole summer, but I signed up for this 5k. Um, and I didn't really start training for it until probably November and the race was in January and I hadn't run a mile. Mm-hmm. Like I, I hadn't run at all. Um, I was working and going to school in the fall, both I was working full time and going to school in the fall. So I, I didn't, I had time to train. I just put, didn't do it. Um, so November rolls around. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go, go to the track today. I'm going to run a mile. Um, so I I go around the track, can't run a mile. I can't run a lap. So I start walking. Um, and you know, I eventually just went walk, run, walk, run. And before you knew it, I was, I was running. So I went down to Disney um, I ran the 5k in like 25 minutes and my cousin actually did the marathon that week, that weekend. Um, so we shared a room down there cause my grandmother had a condo okay. and, um, we just talked about running and, you know, he, his story, he was, he's a recovering, um, drug addict and he got into running and that was his kind of, you know, save savior from, uh, drugs. So I, I learned a ton from him. He's, he's awesome. And we just talked about running and, I left that weekend saying I'm going to run a marathon the next year at Disney. And ultimately I ran the Hartford marathon before I ran the Disney marathon, but um, without him, I wouldn't have gotten to running, but it all started with a single step and just being mentally tough enough to stay out there. And right. I, I think I've fallen in love with running because all the pain I felt in my life, and my football career, I can take that out. And when I'm running and it allows me to push harder than a lot of other people have the ability to. Right. And I think when you were talking to Dan, all the episodes are blurring together for me because I listened to yours. I listened to Dan's and then, you know, we had one together. Um, There was a comment where you were saying that, that you hate running or you don't enjoy the process of running, but that mental grit just kind of pushes you through. Um, And I'm sure that sounds surprising to, to people who are listening, who are like, well, he, he ran marathons and we haven't even talked about like, past the marathon distances that you've done. And so can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, there's days, there's days when I do enjoy going out for a run, but for the most part, I mean, I don't like, I don't love to run. Mm. Um, I it's, it's nothing I've really enjoyed doing. I think I, I cling to it because it's something I could never do. So it's cool for me to be able to do it, but I love to compete. I mean, that's my favorite part about running. I love challenging myself, challenging my body and challenging my mind. And I think running encompasses all that into one. Um, but you know, it's a stress reliever. It clears your head, but just the fact of going out and running, I don't love that. 
I love to compete. I love to grind and I love challenging my mind because if I can get through this run of 20 miles when I don't feel like it, I can go conquer anything else that's going to, you know, come in my way during the day. So, yeah, man, I got to say, uh, listening to you and talking with you has really inspired me to run a lot more. Uh, I'd stopped running after a little bit because I was doing more jump roping and things of that nature. So I went on a couple runs when we first had started talking and it feels good to get back into it because I hadn't been running in a while. Um, but it's also, it's also that mental block of, Hey, I used to run this distant and I'm nowhere near, <laughs> near that right now. And so it's just keeping present. But what I found is the more I kind of go out there, the the longer the distances become and, you, you know, getting back into it's been a lot of fun for me. So I want to thank you for that. Cause that's definitely been a, an awesome aspect that, our connection has kind of brought up for me. Oh, that's awesome. And I love hearing those stories when people tell me, you know, they went running because of me or they got into it. And, but, you know, like you said, you're not running the distances you used to run. It just takes work. And yep. that's the biggest thing for people. If they want to become a runner, they want to do anything in their lives. Like it just takes work. Just keep, you know, hammering the rock, hammer the rock. Eventually it's going to break, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think Dan was kind of channeling that because when I, I challenged him to a 25 pushups or 25 day challenge and he, he rocked those out, but I think he was also challenging himself that same way, you know, like pounding that rock, like you're saying. Yeah. He crushed it. I, yeah. I love watching those videos every day. He was a beast. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to watch him. And then like when he stops, like his face is all red. It's fun to see him in, in that kind of aspect as well. Yeah, definitely. So running kind of enveloped your life. And, and so you did a couple of marathons and then, you know, I alluded to it a little bit earlier on, but what came after the marathons? What was it? I have to go longer. Or I have to go, you know, more of a distance or, or was it, Oh, I'm okay with the marathon length. Uh, I mean, it was kind of, again, my cousin, um, he ran in a hundred K which is 62 miles in, in that ballpark. Um, and I saw that I'm like, all right, I want to keep up with my cousin. And also, you know, you go on Instagram and you see all these ultra runners and yeah. ultra runners, like the sport is growing in popularity. Mm -hmm. um, so I was seeing more of that, like people like Courtney DeWalter. Um, and I was like, I want to get into these ultra distances somehow. And I want to continue to challenge my, my mind because I never thought any, I never thought you could run a marathon. Like I thought that was a superhuman feat. And I was like, all right, let's see what we can do. So I, uh, the first ultra I did it wasn't a race I was actually training for a 50 mile race um, and that got canceled so I ended up you know with COVID and I ended up going and doing 100 miles on a track and I did it in 35 hours uh, which is a little yeah, slow man. but it, it hey you know it's, it is what it is um finished, and, uh, that's, that, that's all that matters right yeah and I did it for the National Alliance on Mental Illness which was cool when now when I was going back to football I was in a support group um, when I did leave school. So I found out about NAMI through that support group. So I'd been doing their walks for uh, four years and we'd have, I'd have a team, team warrior mentality. Um, and uh, that was kind of a special thing to me. I have that tattooed on my, uh, my arm with the, the semicolon as the eye um, for nice. the suicide awareness. Um, yeah. So that was, that was a big, big charity for me. And they had a 5k virtual 5k this year. And I was like, eh, Let's, I want to try to do something bigger, challenge myself a little bit. So I ended up doing hundred miles for them. And, um, that was kind of my intro to ultra running. Nice. Right. And then it's hard. Yeah. I imagine I, I can imagine 35 hours. Did you take any breaks or like to, to eat? Yeah, I took, I took a lot of breaks. Yeah. yeah. I took a lot of breaks. Um, I, 
the the, the roughest part about essay was the monotony on the track oh, but I, I i didn't want to do it on like a road or something where there was a little more danger you know i just want to be on a track flat surface and when you do get a little delusional you can you know where you're going at least <laughs> yeah you're not going off into a ditch or wandering in the street <laughs> yeah definitely um so you do the hundred miles and then you you've talked about your cousin a lot and then you do this this crazy race with your well not race but like a challenge with your cousin right what what can you speak a little bit on that yeah so i had a guy on my podcast from england his name is scott jenkins um and what i what he did you know make puts my little physical challenge to shame (laughs) he ran from boston mass to austin texas in 75 days he did a marathon a day for 75 days so I had him on my podcast, uh, and I, I was like, I was blown away. I didn't think anyone could ever do that. So I went for a walk and I went with my, me and my mom went for a walk and I was talking to her and I was like, I want to do something big. Like, you know, I want to, I want to really help people during this tough time of COVID. Cause this was back in probably May when we were playing this. And I was like, I want to do a big run too. You know, so I figure out, figure out the logistics. We're like, we need a charity. So we ended up doing food share. Um, and then we needed a route. So the original route was going to be Maine to uh, Connecticut. And you know, we were just spitballing. We didn't really know. And then my dad, who ended up being the crew chief for the the week, he was he was the MVP. We couldn't have done it without him. He uh, came up with Canada to Connecticut. So we started at the Canada border in Beecher Falls, Vermont. And we ended up running to uh, Bloomfield, Connecticut, where Food Share was located. Um, it was 260 miles in seven days. So it was, it was a little rough, but I, uh, I texted my cousin when I came up with the idea and yeah, he works, obviously he's, he's 33 years old. And I texted him saying, Hey, I got this idea for this trip, June 12th to June 18th. What what do you think? He's like, anytime, anywhere, I'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) So, so so what do you think? Uh, that's quite a feat, right? Like it's not, I know you preference, you didn't do as much as as the guests on your podcast but that's that's a huge feat what do you think the biggest thing you you garnered from that experience was you can do anything you set your mind to uh i probably wasn't ready for this i mean the most i had run in a week i hadn't even done 100 miles in a week and trying to go do 260 and my body was racked i mean it was sore it was beat up mm. my my shin splints were terrible my my knees were beaten i mean it was it was a really rough trip there were moments when i didn't think i was going to make it and then to top it off like um you know the sleeping arrangements weren't weren't great you know i'm sharing a single <laughs> bed or a double bed with my dad some nights and i'm a big dude i mean so it, it wasn't it wasn't great you know waking up in the middle of night being in severe pain and stuff so I learned that you can do anything you want, uh, with the right mindset, we would go out and in the morning and when we started the first day, we did 46 miles and we were shot. And then, you know, you got to wake up the next day and we wake up at 6am. We probably start around eight and you just stretch, you roll out, you get ready to go and you just, just go do it. And you're in pain all day. And eventually the pain just let, you know, stabilizes and you keep going. But I, I never thought I could have done it. Like I was naive when I said, I'm going to do this, but when I'm going through it, there are moments in my head where like, I can't do this. I can't do this, but you just keep moving forward one step at a time and you get it done. Nice. I think that's a perfect segue into, you know, talking about where you're at now with, you know, doing your own business, doing uh, the Tanner Kern podcast, and then, you know, the blogging and things of, of that nature. So how did that 
come up as as an idea you know you you mentioned you want to help people you want to put stuff out there you want to you, you know talk about that mindset shift and and being able to do whatever you put your mind to where did the idea to to do the podcast and the blogging and and do the work that you're doing now come from so that was a covid project i i um i was in school still in the uh, back in the spring and i I wanted to share my story in some way. And I thought a blog was a great way to do that. And I love to write. I'm a creative person. Um, I love writing, you know, podcasting, editing, podcasting, all that. Um, so I ended up starting this, this blog and, you know, I didn't think it amount to anything. And I just kind of shared my stories. I shared my daily thoughts that I get from runs or just in my life. I shared my, my stories and kind of what, what really got me to change my life. Um, and then, that kind of segued into a podcast and um, a podcast is basically just my blogs shared through a podcast and also stories of other people. And I love storytelling. Um, And I think everyone has a lesson to share. Everyone has something that they can share and someone can take that. So it was awesome to get people on um, and have them share their story. And that kind of just kept developing. And, um, you know, the website's going pretty well now we're gaining some, gain some popularity, gain some traction, but it's really just to, just to inspire people to become the best version of themselves, do what they never thought they could do. Like for me, I never thought I'd be where I'm at today and it just takes work. You got to love the process, right? You know, you, you everyone wants the end result, but you got to love the process. And if you love the process and you, you, every day you take one step forward, it's going to pay off down the road. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, where do you envision that going? Because I think there there is room to grow, obviously. And I think, you know, especially in COVID, so many people are looking to latch on to, to something to to find balance where there is no balance and control over, you know, the virus or the regulations that come out from governors or from towns or states. Um, where do you envision, you know, your brand growing to? Uh, so... Ultimately, I, it was funny. I was talking to Dan about this uh, when I chose my colleges. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and I mm-hmm. even at the end I didn't know what I wanted to do. So um, I'm going back to school in the spring to for nutrition. Um, mm-hmm. I'm currently getting a certified personal trainer certificate and a nutrition coach certificate. Nice. Um, so ultimately, I'd love to turn into like a fitness weight loss um, kind of brand. I was. I'm thinking of names right now because I'll have that certificate and stuff done in the next month. So kind of maybe trying to start my own fitness weight loss brand. Uh, I was thinking the 340 process um, because I got that from the, from the rock. He, I remember I was watching a motivational video from him and he had like seven bucks in his pocket when he was at his lowest moment. Yeah, he, has yeah. a, he has a film company now, seven bucks so, or seven bucks productions or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, my kind of my slogan is it's a process and 340 was where I started. So I thought that'd be a good name. I got to talk to marketing people to make sure it'd be okay. But yeah, no, that's, that's kind of the plan right now. That's really dope. I love the rock. He's, uh, he's full of insight. Uh, my wife likes to joke around that I have too big of a crush on the rock <laughs> because anytime a, a, a show will come on with him, I'm just glued to the screen or I'll show her videos. If it's Instagram, you know, banging it out in the gym or, whatever it is, or even just memorizing all the words to your welcome from Moana and just randomly busting into, <laughs> into Great song. Yeah, it's fantastic. So I, I think there's a, there's a connection to that. And I think the the name, it goes so, so well with what you're talking about and what you're trying to put out there. And it's also humanizing, right? It's not just like, Hey, come lose weight because 
I want money. It's, it's that deep connection with, with people and your story. So I think, you know, if it's not that some version of that would probably make a lot of sense to, to kind of connect with people. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not about the money. It's about just helping people. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. And the biggest reward for me too, like I've, I've coached in high school, um, or I I coached high school kids in football and track and Mm -hmm. I've worked with some people, you know, unofficially with weight loss and all that, just, just giving them tips and stuff. But when you see other people succeed and you had a part in it, there's nothing like that. Um, and I'm sure, you know, you understand that obviously as a life and mental health counselor, and it's, it's amazing to see people grow and become something they didn't think they could be when you have a small part in it. Right. That's great. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to steal something from your podcast and kind of incorporate the two questions I usually ask people towards the end of the podcast um, in it, but you have kind of like a, a, a lightning round of questions that you usually ask at the end of it. And they're great and insightful. Um, so I'm going to hit you with some of those questions as well. And and then with our, our two that we keep on the podcast and just kind of go from there. So uh, let's see. One of the most embarrassing moments for you that you've learned a lot from. Um, I'm very happy you asked this question. This, this could be a little long winded answer. If, I if got it's okay. it. It's good. So I went down to, this is the moment that got me to change my life. It's actually the, the blog on my um, website that's gotten the most views ever. So I uh, went down to Disney world with my girlfriend at -hmm. the time when I was in, um, it was, I was in college. It was, it was like in my sophomore year of college. So when I was almost done playing football, ex-girlfriend now, I should say. Um, (laughs) So we, we, shout uh, out to the ex-girlfriend. Shout out to the ex. Uh, <laughs> she was a trooper for going through this one. So we end up going to like Harry Potter world down in universal. Awesome place. Um, but I couldn't fit on any of the rides. So I, you know, I was 340 pounds. I, I remember I trying to get on like the castle ride and I go sit in the, uh, I sit in the, like the, the test chair down at universal and like this red button keeps showing up cause they're trying to pull the harness over and it wasn't fitting. Um, so they say you can't fit. And then I tried to go on another ride, said you couldn't fit, have this absolute breakdown and bawling my eyes out because um, it was hard. And you know, I didn't yeah. I didn't view myself as overweight. Um, I knew I just had to lose a little weight because I was always a big guy. Yeah. Um, so I'm in the bathroom crying. It's a huge scene and ruined the day. And um, that was kind of the moment that I said, all right, I got to make a change in my life. So it was embarrassing, but I'm also blessed that it happened because I think we need that pain to make a change in our lives. And that was that pain for me. Um, and that was kind of, that was the, that was the initial start of me losing weight um, right. for sure. And kind of getting where I am today, man, that's such a great answer. And not the way I thought it was going to, I thought you were going to tell us a fun story. <laughs> yeah, well, it, I guess fun. I mean, there's yeah. Disney universal. Yeah, but, I guess it, my, my story, I was like joking around was I was on a bouncy house and it was, I was a skater back in the day. So I had baggy pants on and no, no uh, belts. And I went up in the air and then pants dropped down completely off my feet. They like just shot right down. And so that's, that's the lesson of how I learned how important belts can be in life. And where I got one. Yeah. I mean, don't eat like close to a workout. I've puked twice during a workout and mm. it was cause I ate too quickly to it. And at college football, I had, I had like pasta before, like an hour before. Uh, I went it's, to work the out. it's the and worst. And there was like, it was kind of like there was a, it was like COVID, but it wasn't COVID. It was called some virus was going around the campus. So everyone thought I had that. So I guess they 
they didn't get mad at me for eating too close to the workout because <laughs> I had the virus. So they're like, oh, you good. you go rest. You're like, oh wow, this is I should do this more often. Yeah, neurovirus. That's what it was. Neurovirus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I made the mistake one time back when I was eating gluten of eating a bowl of shredded wheat, frosted uh, shredded wheat, um, before going on a run, and it did not end well. No. It's blueberry flavored as well. So I, I to this day, I get a little sketched out by blueberry fla- flavoring because of that. <laughs> um, okay, next question. Uh, I'm going to steal one of yours. Favorite okay. workout? Because I know in some podcasts, you, you've said, hey, I never really liked lifting too much. I'm, I'm getting back into it. What's your favorite workout right now? Right now, whew. I, I am getting back into lifting. I'm really starting to enjoy any kind of lifting, but I would say overall my favorite workout is a track workout. Um, mm-hmm. And the, my favorite workout that I've done is probably um, one by a mile, uh, two by 800 and then four by 400, something like that. Any, any mm-hmm. of those combinations. So I love just getting on a track and just grinding it out. Cause you, by the end of it, you feel like I'm a badass just, just by conquering one of those workouts that you think is going to suck. And then you just get through it. So you mentioned uh, you're blogging and you're writing and you're enjoying writing. So this question comes from, uh, it's twofold. The first is most enjoyable book for fun, like a book that you read just for fun because of the story, storytelling, really into that stuff. And then the second one was uh, favorite book based on information, information garnered from it. I would say... My favorite book ever for the story. Hmm. See, I'm more of like a motivational book. I do read a ton. Yeah. Um, so let me let me start with the informational one and then I'll, I'll yeah, come back we'll to that. Back to it. Yeah. Uh, I would say my favorite book for the um, information in it was 10X by Grant Cardone. Okay. Um, just, you know, about multiplying, like taking massive action in order to... Uh, reach your goals and reach your dreams. I love any book by him. Um, seller be soul was another great one. That was, that was in my brief sales career that didn't work out too well, but <laughs> Hey, I, I learned, uh, I learned about selling when you have to sell, you know, you got to sell yourself, everything in life, say uh, sale and right. everything you want to commission. So I did learn that from that book, even though sales didn't go my way, I would say the favorite book as a story, um, would be Nick Saban's, uh, Nick Saban's biography. I don't, I remember I read it two years ago Mm -hmm. in in that ballpark. Um, but just kind of leading, you know, his culture and how he leads a program and all that was really, really awesome for me. Now, I mean, that's more motivational too, but that's, that's the best I'm going to do for like a, uh, story. We'll take it. Um, favorite video game of all time. NCAA football 14 on the Xbox 360, the last NCAA football. There wasn't even a pause there. That just, just came straight out. Nice. I like, and I, I, I traded it in at GameStop back in the day and I got like 50 bucks for it because it wasn't, they weren't making it anymore. And I was mm-hmm. like all pumped up and I'm like, I never should have got rid of that game. It was the best, best <laughs> game ever. What did, did you like 50 bucks for the store or just 50 bucks in pocket? Oh, 50 bucks for the in uh, for the store, like store credit. So it couldn't even get me like a new game. But um, do you I'm not much of a gamer, you, but that I was just going to say, do you remember what you used that 50 bucks on or no? I don't know. Probably like Madden the next year or something. Yeah, I, I don't even remember. It's sad, but I love that game. Uh, that was the best, best game ever. I hope they bring back NCAA football soon. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I'm not much of a gamer, but that was, that was one that I have really fond memories of playing with my buddies. <laughs> nice. Uh, we're going to switch tracks just a little bit here. Twofold question. Again, this is the one that I usually include in every podcast is what superpower would you have if you could have any superpower and why would you choose that? And the second part is what do you think your superpower is? Okay, so what superpower would I have if I could have any superpower? I would say, I would say the ability to like uh, run really fast, like like dash from Incredibles. Mm-hmm. I would nice. say that because I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm not that fast, mm-hmm. uh, but that would be pretty cool. I would say super strength, which would be awesome. But like, I've been kind of strong, and not super strong, but back in the day when I was an offensive lineman, I could pick up some weight. Um, and then what superpower do I think I have? I think I have a superpower of making people smile. Um, I'm, I'm a pleaser. I love pleasing people. I love, you know, making people happy and that can be a curse sometimes, but if anyone's having a rough day, I always try to reach out to someone and say, you know, think of the positive in their lives and help them realize that whatever they're going through, it's going to get better. Gnarliest thing you've done on a run to keep going and not, um, slow down or not stop okay so day four of the canada to connecticut run um i couldn't we had like a mile uphill climb and we were we needed to hit uh 40 miles that day or we weren't going to make it like we weren't going to be able to, to finish so um we were 23 miles in we had 17 to go and i had uh, like KT tape all up and down my leg. Like it looked like I was wearing a compression compression sleeve of KT tape. Um, get up the hill, couldn't walk, um, get in the car, uh, put rest my foot, put some ice on it, like pop some Advil and uh, rewrap it with KT tape and just keep moving forward. That was kind of the biggest thing. I was talking to my mom on that day and I was asking, she was like, Oh, you don't have to keep going. You've done great. And I'm like, that's not what I have to hear. So I sat there. I'm like, all right, I'm going to feel sorry for myself for about 10 minutes. Then we're going to go to work and end up grinding out 23 miles on one leg. So that was, that was a very memorable moment for me. Yeah. I imagine that that's pretty intense, but really awesome. Uh, this one's a personal favorite of mine. You may not have it. Um, we've referenced it. I think when we talked, but favorite dad joke, I know you're not there yet, but preemptively, do you have a favorite dad joke that, that you would throw out? Um, I'm, I don't think I do. No. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't, I, I do love the jokes on like the rappers, whatever mm-hmm. the Laffy Taffy rappers are they yeah. on? Yeah. I love yeah. those. Um, I, I, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a good dad joke. Like <laughs> I will laugh at pretty much anything, but yeah. I don't have, I don't have one yet. So. All right, I'm going to call you back in like 10 or 15 years and see if, if that's updated and I'll make an addendum. Uh, All right, on perfect. Add <laughs> a little bit to that. I just want to, to end on this last question and then I want to give you some space to because I always like to to leave the last part just any words of wisdom to impart on, on people and, and put out there and gems of knowledge to drop when you're you're working with people or anyone listening. But this last question I really wanted to connect with with you was was basically because you know i think everything you're talking about is a hundred percent what people need to hear right now and really need to connect to and really need to to 
do some introspective work on and, and, and find where it comes from with inside of themselves. So this last question is reflective of that. And it's based on everything I just mentioned. And so really my question to you is how do you, we talked about mindset. We talked about, you know, kind of using some skill, knowing that we have skill sets and they just need to apply in different, different ways. Oh shit, this just got really serious. This <laughs> has been going on for three minutes about this last question. Where does that come from? So people talk about motivation all the time and there's a million and, and one uh, quotes on motivation. There's a million one and one quotes on mindset and challenges. But where do you think that determination, that motivation or that shift in mindset comes from? Like how, how do you generate that? I look back on the hard times in my life. That's kind of where I get motivation from. If, if I need to pick me up or something, like if I'm feeling sorry for myself during COVID um, with there's, you know, being trapped in, in a house and not being able to see people and all that, I think back, okay, back to my, you know, sophomore year when I'm home from school, I'm missing football and I'm scheduling out every minute of my day. And I can't, I can't feel like I'm pet, I'm fitting in like petting my dog as like a 10 minute segment because I just need something to do. And now I'm, I, I don't have enough, like, I, I, I hate people saying that, but I have so much to do during a day, but um, I look back on the hard times in my life when I'm, when I'm running and I'm feeling really sorry for myself to look back. Okay. This is nothing like it was when I lost football in my life and I need to figure out a new identity. This is, this is going to end this is temporary pain. And, um, I look back and I, I say, okay, if I got through all the shit that has happened to me, I can keep going now. This, this is nothing. And uh, that's, that's what motivates me to keep going now. Um, and I also love the process. I would say we all want the end result, but I love the work that goes in every day to reaching your goal. And I think that's a big thing in, in motivation. If you don't love the process, you're not going to get anywhere in life. Right. Awesome. All right. So any last uh, gems of knowledge you want to drop on the listeners yeah i mean first of all this was awesome today i really appreciate you having me on oh no um, problem it's my honor all right well if you uh guys want to listen to a good episode of the tanner current podcast go check out i think it was episode it was episode 35 with uh mm -hmm. steve apolinick that was a good one um but yeah <laughs> so if you uh if you want some more motivation, you want to hear anything else that I have to say, go subscribe to my website podcast. Um, I'm dropping, dropping my motivation there daily. Hopefully we'll have something new, like the 340 process coming with fitness and nutrition. Um, and if you, anyone ever wants anything from me, have any questions, just reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook. I always respond to you. Um, I'll give you as much wisdom as I can give you um, on any subject matter if you have questions. So uh, yeah, I think I got all my, my, uh, motivation out during the show, but if anyone wants to connect with me, uh, you can do that through my podcast or my uh, social media. Now, are, are, so last thing, are those Tom Brady esque hats available on your podcast or is that just a one-time thing for you right now, but maybe down the line will be available. They will be available, um, very soon. Uh, we've had some, some stores, some temporary, I think we've had two month long stores on there. Um, but just haven't, haven't gotten around to doing something long-term. I, a few people have some Tanner Kern gear walking around, not, not many, but a few do. Um, so yeah, we're going to try to get a permanent on, uh, online store. When I was trying to set that up, it was during COVID and then people ran out of supplies and gear and all that. So, 
Um, that will be coming soon. And definitely when the fitness nutrition aspect comes more into play, there will be some gear for that too, as well. Nice. So stay tuned and you can check out all thing, all things Tanner Kern. Awesome to have you on. Love connecting with you. Always leave with some motivation and, and some new insight. So thank you again. Honored to have you here, man. Uh, Steve, it was a pleasure, man. Keep doing what you're doing. I love your show and uh, hopefully we can reconnect in the future soon. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll have to do some running together and see where I end up. <laughs> I'm always looking for people to run with. So that works perfect. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, please outreach to us at info at org. If you want to learn more about the Promethean Project or if you would like to donate to our cause, you can reach us at thepromethianproject.org. If you really do enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends like our posts on social media and instagram and on facebook and please leave us a review on apple podcasts or any podcast app that you like to listen to again thank you for taking a listen and remember that the most important step is always the next one